Welcome to Season 7 of the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. Our ministry's simple goal is to help women read their Bibles. We want to be women who know and believe God's Word and share what God's Word is teaching us with others. This season, Go Tell It, we'll be focusing on that last part, sharing with others. We'll ask each guest how God has called her to share the good news of the gospel in her life. We'll hear from women in a variety of seasons, stages, and missions. We invite you to listen in and ask God how you can be sharing the good news too. Would you like to learn more about various Bible study tools? Make sure to check out at Home in the Word videos on our YouTube channel or on our website at DaytonWomenInTheWord.com slash videos. Welcome back to the Dayton Women in the Word podcast. We are here um, in season seven, which this season has been all about um, sharing the gospel in your um, spheres of influence and in your current season. So um, I'm your host, Bethany, and I am here in the studio today with my friend, Teresa. So Teresa, why don't you um, tell our guests, or you're our guest, tell our listeners (laughs) a little bit about yourself Um, what brought you to Dayton and what your um, season of life looks like. Uh, Thanks, Bethany. I was brought to Dayton uh, through my mother. (laughs) Uh, I've been born and raised in Dayton, and I have not gone far. I went to the University of Dayton and Wright State University, and I currently live on the west side of Dayton in Dayton View Triangle. Um. My current season of life, I actually have been on social security disability since about 2013. Mm -hmm. I had um, Chiari malformation surgery that did not end well Mm -hmm. uh, for me as far as um, how it affected my pain levels and my lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And so I've just been working on my health for a long time. Mm -hmm. And... um, and yeah, that's that's the biggest part of my life. That's my what I consider my job mm-hmm. is taking care of myself and seeking health and wellness. And um, currently, I actually live with my house church shepherds, Natalie and Nick Her. And so another role I have is getting to be kind of like an aunt to four little mm-hmm. kids and. Um, getting to spend time with each of them and know them and love them. So, That's awesome. Yeah. Um, what would you say, and maybe spending all, all the time with the kids helps influence this, this question, <laughs> but how would you describe the gospel in your own words? Uh, I thought about this question beforehand, and uh, my first answer is God saves. Hmm. And, because... I have studied, I'm kind of, you know, I would consider myself an armchair theologian (laughs) and, you know, I love Grudem and the Puritans and reading lots of heavy stuff. But if you, you could be a PhD in 
I don't know, aerodynamics. <laughs> and if you can't explain that to a five-year-old, then then you don't truly understand it at its core. And so I thought, you know, in the simplest terms, what is the gospel? And the gospel is that God saves. Mm-hmm. And um, I've been, I, I recently read the 3D gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember right now the name of the author. Um but it's a great book, and it describes three different ways the gospel applies to different cultures. Mm-hmm. And it kind of opened my eyes up again to how many answers there are to the question, what is the gospel? God uh, saves us from sin. God saves us from his wrath. God saves us from uh, being dead in our sin and makes us alive uh, in our souls, he saves us from a heart of stone and gives us a heart of flesh. God saves us from slavery to sin and makes us free to choose righteousness. He saves us from Satan and his works and the power of evil and gives us freedom and power over that. And um, he saves us from just uh, shame Mm -hmm. and brings us into the family of God with honor. And so, uh, yeah, I just have been thinking, wow, there's so many answers to that question. Mm -hmm. But if I was speaking to a young child, I would say God saves. And Mm -hmm. they might say, well, what does he save us from? Why does that need to happen? Mm -hmm. And that's where the conversation really starts. That's awesome. So how did you come to believe that God saves? Um, oh, I just smile at the question. <laughs> I know. Sometimes I wish people could like see us instead of just listening. <laughs> Big smile. I'm so thankful. Uh, I was in about 14 years old. I was after my freshman year. I had just started going to Young Life at Kettering Fairmont High School and, um, I was an athlete, I played volleyball, and I was a swimmer, and my swim coach was a Young Life leader. And somehow, I don't know how we convinced our parents (laughs) to let us go to this Young Life camp. Um, It's not cheap, but um, my sister and I got to go, and we heard throughout the week, we heard that God existed, we heard that Jesus came to show us who God is and a little bit of what he was like, And then we heard that we all have this kind of need Mm. for something in our life, and we're filling that need with other things. And the next night we heard that sin is a reality Mm. and that we actually have turned away from God and that he, he loves us and wants to be with us, but we are separated from him by our sin. And... I had questions, man. I had lots of questions and I was in a very, I was very depressed. I was, I had been diagnosed with chronic pain when I was 10 years old. So I had been dealing with pain already my whole life, depression, um, eating disorders. And a lot of this was hidden from everyone I knew. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what's going on? And I had grown up um, in the Catholic church every Sunday saying, Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. Mm -hmm. But those were just words to me. 
And so I talked to my Young Life leader and she said, Can you just just wait one more night. <laughs> just just think about those things and just wait one more night. And the next night they, they told us that God had this plan for Jesus to come and take our place, to take all that sin that we were guilty for. And um, that is the love of God. He loves us so much that he sent his son to die for us in our place. And that's how I be- I believed. I I just needed to know why Christ had died for me, and uh, and they finally someone finally explained it to me. And I was hungry for hope. I was hungry for healing in my life, not just from pain, but mm-hmm. you know inner healing. And I knew immediately. Uh, I I found the purpose of life. This is. This is what life is about. Mm. This is everything. And my heart changed. I I changed. It was just in, you know, some people it happens over long periods of time. Mm. But for me, it was that night um, I knew I had a new heart and I had a new life. Mm. So that's how I came to know who Jesus was and have a relationship with him. And I can't thank Amy Fortner enough mm. for loving me and listening to my tears mm. for four years yeah. and uh, for spending her college years so that I could hear that gospel. Yeah. That's awesome. How um, has your understanding of the gospel enabled you to share the gospel in um, your season of life? So so I was a Young Life leader myself for, I don't know, five years, a volleyball coach. I lived and breathed sharing the gospel with high school students mm-hmm. and within an organization. Um, even once I was working full-time after college, I was still doing Young Life, still coaching. Um, but then when my health got in the way, things changed, and it became really rocky for a while, mm-hmm. and I didn't understand um, why, uh, you know, just how I could share the gospel in this stage of life where I was bedridden mm-hmm. for years. And, um, actually it was through a perspectives class that I gained some comfort in knowing that when we're suffering, if we're praising God, even from our sick bed, mm-hmm. that, the spiritual world sees that mm-hmm. the angels and the demons and and the whole spiritual world sees that and i'm still glorifying god mm-hmm. even if i have no contact with other humans just by praising god through suffering so that was a season where i didn't get to share the gospel with other people very much and i didn't know how to reach out from that area of my life until i started to see well you know what i'm going to the doctor and they're being paid to sit with me <laughs> and they have to be here. So I'm going to be honest about what my life is. Mm. And that includes my faith mm. and my massage therapist, my craniosacral therapist. They've heard the gospel. My, you know, my physical therapist. Um, these are, you know, they're people I pray for. And I, I will even ask them, like, what do you think about the gospel? You don't have to answer, but, you know, you're kind of stuck here with me right now. So, um, I, you know, I've heard other people say the same thing about their hairstylist mm-hmm. or, you know, just people that are in our lives. The male person, um, who do you interact with in your life? They are, they're already in your sphere of influence mm-hmm. and you have 
you have weight with them. You have the ability to share your life with them. Uh, you don't have to shove it down their throat. You can just simply say, this is what God has been doing in my life. And they can look at you really strangely and move on, or they can engage. Yeah. So that's been um, really cool. And then I've been praying as God has really renewed my faith over the last uh, year. I've been praying for people to disciple again. And it's been amazing that even though I'm still sick, there are two younger girls in our house church, and uh, one of them is actually my cousin, and one of them lives now like four minutes away, mm. um, and both we've really entered into discipleship relationships with, and then um, through the first John study that Apex held, I met a younger girl who we had a lot in common, and I just knew immediately, and I, I came to her, and I said, I, I would love to serve you how can I serve you do you want to meet do you want to pray together what can we do and um so even being sick so I just believe if me and this in this season of life Mm -hmm. if God can bring people who I can share the gospel with and point towards Christ and discipleship relationships Mm -hmm. then he can do that for anybody Mm -hmm. you know so that's that's who I'm sharing the gospel with in my mm-hmm. life, even in the midst of um, a lack of ability to yeah. get out mm-hmm. and you know be a part of an organization right. or anything like that. That's so. awesome. Um, what would you say are barriers that you may have encountered either in the past or presently with sharing the gospel? Well, I feel like I mentioned it with the last question. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Health can be a barrier. It can be a barrier to getting to church and like Mm -hmm. just sitting in a pew for an hour and a half, listening to loud music with chronic migraines. Um, There's so many barriers to being a part of the church when you have health issues. Mm -hmm. And getting to a point of acceptance and then even reaching past that to the point where you can see yourself serving in the midst of suffering, Mm -hmm. it takes time and it actually takes a lot of love from the rest of the body of Christ for you to be able to believe that. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had other barriers such as just hurt from the body of Christ, Mm -hmm. um, people who have not understood my pain, people who have been afraid of my pain, are just overwhelmed by my health situation. And so my personal hurt toward the church made me want to run away Mm. from doing ministry. And so I think our own personal baggage can be something that gets in the way of us wanting to be on mission for Mm. Christ a lot of the time. Um. I was just thinking with what you were sharing, I, you know, when this airs, we will have already gone through summer study because we're recording in the spring. But um, I had started reading through Mark to kind of prepare for summer study. And um, I was struck the other day when I was reading, I can't remember which, it's one of the earlier chapters. With the, the bleeding woman? No. Well, she, she's one of my faves. <laughs> it might actually be that same chapter or either right before or right after, but about the paralytic man um, whose mm-hmm. friends, you know, essentially bring bring him to where Jesus is speaking and they're the ones that like lower him down. But I was struck because all of the descriptions, like I went through and circled every time it mentioned they, they, they. Mm-hmm. And even when Christ acknowledges 
the man and you know saves him and heals him he's still referencing they i'm sure that the you know the paralytic if he didn't have you know it wasn't like he was brought in kicking and screaming. So there was some iota of him wanting to be at Jesus's feet. But we right. don't have any indication of, you know, where he was in processing through what his life looked like. But the fact that um, Christ calls out that communal faith that was mm-hmm. there. And, you know, whether I just think that's so beautiful. You know, there's different different people in you know my sphere that are walking through different types of suffering, not not um, not necessarily physical suffering, but suffering nonetheless. And just seeing um, the body be that communal they of um, serving the Lord together and encouraging faith and sharing. You know, I think a lot of times we when we think about sharing the gospel. Rightly so, we think about you know sharing that with unbelievers, mm-hmm. which is huge. But there's also you know portions of scripture where it talks about you know preaching the gospel to yourself, and we we still need to preach the gospel to people who know the Lord because there are going to be times when our you know we still have that relationship, but our faith is weak, or you know we are just in you know in the depths and in the dark and so that you know communal they of sharing the gospel like commending his friend's faith along with his faith and Mm -hmm. that is what made you know made jesus take notice and made him you know be able to intervene on his behalf there yeah that that's a really great summary of my late 20s actually (laughs) um I, after having been hurt by um, my church family, I really, I wanted nothing to do with the faith that those people claimed. Mm -hmm. And I actually, um, I just went my own way. And that included me entering a relationship with a Muslim man from Saudi Arabia for many years. And, um, just I feel like that's you know just a great example of how how much I did not want to be mm-hmm. close to Jesus or identifying with Jesus I, I and it was a fight it was a struggle every day against my conscience but I will say that I would show up to house church and I would bring him with me mm-hmm. like I just show up with my Muslim boyfriend to house church <laughs> and um, I would leave for months at a time and I would come back and I and this you know the Triangle House Church on the West Side that I've been a part of has been those four mm. friends that carried the paralytic for me. They showed up at my apartment. They, when I needed help, mm-hmm. they would help me move when once again I was too sick to live alone and would have mm-hmm. to move home with my parents. They would um, make sure I got my prescriptions from the pharmacy. They they were doing, they would clean my toilet. They would wash my dirty dishes. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I have said, you know, you've heard the gospel comes with a house key, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. From Rosaria Butterfield. But I say the gospel comes with cleaning toilets Mm -hmm. and it comes Mm -hmm. with washing dishes and it comes with showing up time and again when that person can't show up. For for chronically sick people, 
they want to be there. They, they're not flaky. They just, they can't get out mm-hmm. of bed. Mm-hmm. And so it's a huge um, desire of mine to equip the church to learn how to serve and love suffering people, mm-hmm. especially people who are homebound or just chronically suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's because I learned it from my church family, mm-hmm. how they loved me brought me back to the feet of God. And every time, as I look back, every time the gospel has been really real to me or I've been have a, had a strong faith, it's been that God using the body of Christ mm-hmm. to bring it to me through loving me as I am, through serving me, mm-hmm. through... So it has never been just like someone coming up to me saying a few, you know, the Romans Road, like you know, spouting off verses and I just, it just clicked. It's Mm -hmm. always been in the midst of relationship and love and care and people acting like Jesus as they spoke the words of Jesus. So yeah, that, that's a huge part of my story. I'm so glad you shared that. So So what encouragements would you have for our listeners who are wanting to share the gospel and maybe, um, within that also what it means and you've spoken to this a little bit but what it means to speak the gospel into somebody who's you know physically or emotionally suffering uh yeah well first of all just to just in general to i would encourage people to look at your sphere of influence that means who god already has in your life um god is already working this is not your initiative. This is not something you have to create or come up with. There are uh, people in your life right now who are ready to receive the gospel. Mm. And so I do think about the bleeding woman in Mark 5 because the the disciples didn't see her. Mm-hmm. And they were just worried about, you know, the the man who wanted his child healed they were focused on jesus and the crowd and but they couldn't even see that there was someone right there Mm -hmm. so ready to receive it and with with this faith and so opening our eyes to god who are you already working in in my life that i can reach out to and speak into and uh you know that takes practice um the other thing is Every time I share the gospel with someone or try to enter into a spiritual conversation, I feel butterflies in my stomach. I feel scared to death. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm i not the kind of person who – I don't want to go bungee jumping. I don't want to – like I have no desire for risk-taking uh-huh. activities in my life. But because this is life or death, mm-hmm. um, this is eternity, this is, this is everything, I just – it's like don't think think just jump you know just 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 go and believe and trust the holy spirit is going to speak through you don't be afraid and if you are afraid just do it anyway be willing to mess up be willing to stutter mm-hmm. to be awkward to have awkward silence mm-hmm. be willing to just be messy because none of us do it perfectly no one is eloquent and even Paul wasn't eloquent. Mm-hmm. So just rejoice in your weakness mm-hmm. in that. Um, I really want people to know that yeah. you don't have to be perfect. Um, as far as 
you know, speaking into people's lives who are chronically suffering. Um, let's see if I could pick one or two things to say <laughs> about that. Um, I know we need a whole other podcast for that. <laughs> I, I will show up for that too. Um, no, I, I love that the Bible says to, you know, mourn with those who mourn and rejoice mm. with those who rejoice and, um, to be willing to sit with people in their sadness, just sit with them while they're feeling sick, like sit next to them while they're in bed. Um, if you have that kind of friendship with them, or if you have an old friend who maybe you haven't connected with for a long time because they've been sick, they haven't been a part of the social scene. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to reach out to them and say, I'm sorry, I haven't connected with you. Mm -hmm. I'm, you know, a lot of people, it's like, well, I know my mom's, you know, friend has this thing, or I know my neighbor down the street kind of has been sick and been trying different diets, or you kind of have these, this, you know, you, everyone kind of knows someone mm. who's struggling with this. So, um, thinking about ways you can serve them practically, mm -hmm. like saying, Hey, is there anything I could do for you? Uh, can I go run to the grocery for you sometime? That's a great way to enter into that person's life and help them start to trust people again, help them start to believe that they're not alone. Mm -hmm. And um, it will present like this, the work you do and the service you do for a person who is suffering will not be in vain mm -hmm. because it will open doors in their heart for the gospel. So just be willing to serve, uh, to sacrifice your time and your energy um, for, to do things that they can't do. And, also be very, very, um, uh, how do I say it? Um, fragile, I guess with just treat them fragilely, just know that they're easily broken. They're easily discouraged and don't just try to shove hope down their throat yeah. and <laughs> be willing to recognize this is hard. This is sad. Mm -hmm. Um, but I want, you to know, there is hope. Mm -hmm. I, you know, and I would love to talk to you about that mm -hmm. when you're ready, yeah. I think is a kind of gentle way to enter into that. Mm -hmm. So um, this kind of leads in well to the next question, asking about, you know, what scripture you find mm -hmm. helpful to share with those um, that you're sharing the gospel with. Um, but kind of sp speaking to that, you know, acknowledging the hurt, I think, you know, sometimes people don't really know how to acknowledge the bad stuff well that like oh somehow mm -hmm. as believers we have to um just you know be rainbows and butterflies all the time yeah. you know, always have to find the silver lining and i forgot what what i was listening to the other day but somebody was talking about like how they love studying the psalms or maybe it was jen wilkin because I just love because her. Because it's yeah. yeah. Um, But she was talking, some, whoever it was was talking about like how they love to study the Psalms because the Psalms encompass something crazy like a thousand years of history or something. Maybe it was a hundred decimal places are hard. But a, <laughs> a large amount of time of history is encompassed in the Psalms, which I didn't realize, which is cool. Mm -hmm. But it's all of this history of lament. Like sure, there are like, you know, Psalms filled with praise, but there is a lot of lament in there. And just like what what a gift it is that, you know, scripture didn't, you know, white out the 
um, hard parts of mm-hmm. itself. You know, we have the the praises and the, you know, kingdom to come, but we also have like, it's hard here. And, you know, my bones are, are breaking and my pillow is wet with tears. Like we have those alongside of everything else. Yeah. So what are some scriptures that you feel like kind of help you share the gospel? Um, to someone who's suffering, I, just the scripture that came to mind is, um, I think it's Isaiah that Jesus gets up and reads and that, you know, he's here to bind up the brokenhearted. Mm. And um, I would speak that over them. Mm-hmm. Jesus cares about your wounds. I would um, explain to them who Jesus is and talk probably through Hebrews and that he understands your suffering. He came as a man to suffer and you have someone who actually can relate to you, who is your God mm-hmm. and who loves you completely enough to save you. Mm-hmm. Um, that And it's just such a, the beautiful thing is that there is so much in the word of God. It's so sufficient that you can speak to every life situation mm-hmm. and bring the gospel into every life situation wherever they are with God, with suffering, with um, the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. There is, you know, knowing the, like, you know, we're talking on dating women in the word, knowing the word more and more is going to give you more and more sides of the gospel. Like if it were a diamond and, you know, it's multifaceted, Mm -hmm. like you're going to see more and more of the beauty of what Christ did on the cross and by rising from the dead and from Genesis to Eden, like you're going to see more and more of that, the Mm -hmm. more scripture, you know, and study. And so I guess it's going, that was the last question, but my other, you know, encouragement is to study the scriptures Mm -hmm. and, um, but then to know that what God has taught you now mm-hmm. is what you're responsible for sharing right mm-hmm. now. That, you know, if you have a testimony of how God saved you and you don't know, have any verses memorized, mm-hmm. that's what he's given for you to share right now. And if you have like, f- you know, did a wana and have 500 mm-hmm. memorized verses, he's not necessarily calling you to share every one of them at mm-hmm. every single <laughs> juncture. Um, but yeah, it's just that he has given, he has equipped you right now, right where you are to share the gospel with whoever he's going to bring to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might be a seed that is planted. It might be bring someone to Christ right there. You don't know. You're not responsible for the outcome. You're mm-hmm. responsible for obeying the call to share mm-hmm. the gospel. Um, so, yeah, you, you know, you talked about, like, if there's anything, last things to encourage. I had, I brought Spurgeon. Oh, oh Spurgeon. All right. Hey, Spurgeon. You know, he's my guy. Um, <laughs> so with all of this, it's there is there are so many good books you can read there are there's so much scripture to know and to understand but if you if you just know that jesus died for your sins Mm -hmm. and that he has saved you if that's like if that's all you can say Mm -hmm. um that is enough and the gospel is enough in itself you don't have to have some special skills um some special traits for the gospel to be effective. And so I wanted to read this quote. Um, This is from The Soul Winner. Mm -hmm. Um, 
and the pages are falling out, which makes me look super <laughs> holy. Oh my goodness. Um, okay. It says uh, here, the best attraction is the gospel and its purity. The weapon with which the Lord conquers men is the truth as it is in Jesus. The gospel will be found equal to every emergency. An arrow which can pierce the hardest heart, a balm which will heal the deadliest wound. Preach it and preach nothing else. Rely implicitly upon the old, old gospel. You need no other nets when you fish for men. Those your master has given you are strong enough for the greatest fishes and have meshes fine enough to hold the little ones. Spread these nets and no others, and you need not fear the fulfillment of his word. I will make you fishers of men. I just want to say that you don't need to add to what God has already shown you mm-hmm. through his word. It's enough. Mm-hmm. It's beautiful enough to capture people's hearts. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being with us today, Teresa. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's been fun.